Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I'm encouraged by Justin Fields. And it feels like some of the naysayers, not Chris Sims, but some of the naysayers are even starting to come around. If I'm not mistaken, Dan Orlovsky is now sitting there posting positive footage of Justin Fields complimenting him on some of his throws. And uh, and like, no, not so fast, sir. You are not going to be, no, you are, you are already bounced from this wedding for being a crasher. Now you're trying to show back up like, yeah, I, I should be. No, you should not be here. We do not we do not want you here. And by the way, RG3 kind of called him out, pointing out, you know, because Arlovsky was, you know, making his observations. And then he was corrected by RG3. And then Arlovsky tried to double down and RG3 was not having any of it. Like, no, nope, you're, you're fine. Like, listen, sir, he sunned him, I think, at some point. But here's the thing. What we wanted to see out of Justin Fields this past week is pretty much what we got. Made some nice throws, felt some pressure, made some adjustments. Now there's some some work in progress things. And when you're comparing them to Aaron Rodgers, which is one of the things Dan Orlovsky was doing, you're like, yeah, that's that's a that's a 15 year veteran who's going to the Hall of Fame. Like I I can't expect Justin Fields to just completely forget everything that happened last season and then be a polished quarterback in Week One of the NFL preseason. It just is not going to happen. But I think what we saw is indicative of somebody who's put in a lot of work during the off season. And there are a lot of things to be encouraged about. I can't wait to talk about it. So Sammy, let's go ahead and start the show. Turn up your volume because you're about to listen to the sick podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It is Tuesday night, and you know what that means. And it's time for Take It to the Rank. One preseason game already in the book. So much to get into. So why don't we bring in our co-host, who is joining us every Tuesday night, Carmen Vitale, of the, the managing editor of the draft network. Thank you so much for being here. And you're still in Tampa. It looks like I am. I am still in Tampa. I'm leaving tonight. I'm leaving after this podcast, but obviously have a lot of fair stuff to still talk about, even though I've been in the bucks bubble again for the last. (laughs) That's all right. I was hoping when you appeared that we would see the Sears tower behind you and uh, we're still calling it that. That's okay. 
It, oh, for sure. I will. I refuse to acknowledge Willis Tower as a thing. Yes, I didn't even. I had forgotten that was another thing too. Was like, that I was, can't that even was remember. I can't even remember what it was supposed to be. I don't know what. What would you do? Like, I don't even. Staples Center in Los Angeles is now something else, and it's like I refuse. Oh yeah, lie. isn't it like Crypto.com Arena? Or something That's like it. That? Yeah, it, you're good. Look at you. Look at you're a corporate sellout. You know all these things. <laughs> The Murph Soldier I did, Field. I did spend. I did spend about a year in sponsorships, though. Uh, worst there it year is. ever. It was actually. Uh, um, I I facilitated the PNC partnership with the Bears. Fun fact. Look at you and PNC when you're all over Hallis Hall. You'll see the PNC and all that stuff. And so, uh, okay. good job. Very nice. And speaking of good jobs, obviously the Bears victorious over the Kansas City Chiefs, as we expected. What were your impressions of it? What, what, are, what are your takeaways from that game? I talked a little bit about Justin Fields, but overall, how are you feeling about the Bears' progress in week one of the preseason? I mean, yeah, for not having, like, for having an offensive line rotation throughout the entire game um, and still not knowing who their starter is, starters are or who's going to play what position, um, I thought that, that the offense looked good for that matter um and i really just loved kind of like the concepts that you were seeing the formations the personnel that was going out there it just looked very it's, it looked very different than what it has looked you know before and it looks like it plays to justin field's strengths uh as far as you know just all of the scheme and all that kind of stuff and then the defense i was very encouraged uh, about especially one jaquan brisker oh gosh by jaquan he brisker he was amazing. Like he already looks like a seasoned professional out there. And I don't want to get too hyped up over one preseason game, but this is indicative yeah. of what we've seen during the training camp and all the practices yes. is that this guy knows how to play football. And there was no, no doubt about that on Saturday. I think that was the most encouraging part was that like you saw him making plays in practice day in and day out, but then to see that translate to a game and then he forces a three and out basically by himself like it was, it was uh, the amount of awareness that he has and just how crucial that safety spot is in this Eberflus defense. It just, it, it, it warmed my heart. That's all. Well, and probably one of the biggest plays and it showed like the dichotomy of the refereeing situation in the NFL is that Jaquan Brisker, who I think he missed one of the practices this week. And I was concerned because he has that shoulder injury he did mm -hmm. everything humanly possible to avoid hitting Chad Henney. Like Chad Henney was sliding and he did the right. He did not, you know, mm -hmm. Nagy, I don't want to say under Nagy, they would have lit him up, but you know, he, he has the football IQ to get out of the way. Uh, not that it mattered because apparently it's not a penalty anymore to hit your quarterback when he's sliding. Cause that's the only other impression I got from this game is that, Oh, it doesn't matter. Oh. Like it's, it's, in, it's, I'm sorry, Carmen. I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk about this, but I got to say one thing, and this is what happened. So somebody, I think it was Illwell who posted this, that the referee, somebody said something to the referee, like, hey, like what's going on? And he's like, oh, don't, the, you know, he got hit in the shoulder. And you're like, okay, that 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 might or might not be true, but uh, he was sliding. sliding. You're not supposed to hit him when he's sliding in the shoulder, in the leg, in the head. All of it is illegal. Um I, I hope at some point, and I want to see, like, I don't know, it's the first preseason game. This is the first time that Matt Eberflus has been in control of calling challenges and timeouts. Next time, go get run from the game. Like, I want to see I want to see somebody step up and not allow that stuff going to go on anymore. Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing. It's like, 
I feel like we're seeing this more and more with these mobile quarterbacks too, where referees are essentially then treating them as runners. Yeah. But I'm like, in that, in that instance, though, that was not a design run. Justin no. Fields was not a runner in that position. He was a quarterback and he was sliding. And like, you need to be able to, I don't know, like keep that in mind. And you, I don't know. I was, I was very, because shoulder or not, that's, you can't get hit and you're supposed to protect the quarterback. And all of these rules are in place to protect the quarterback. Um, just because these guys can run doesn't mean that they shouldn't be afforded the same penalties or the same safety, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of these guys. No, 100%. And you think about the, you know, Cam Newton never got the calls. We don't see Lamar Jackson right. get any of the calls. Correct. I, I think, I know the Bills fans kind of say that Josh Allen doesn't. And I'm like, okay, I'll take your word for it. I haven't yeah. noticed it as much no. with him. But yeah, I mean, like if you're a pocket passer like Kirk Cousins, you cannot breathe on him. But if you have sure. some sort of, and not that Kirk, but if you have some sort of athletic ability, they just are like, eh, you're a football player. And it wasn't a design run. By the way, I got in trouble on Twitter. They're not in trouble. But I made a mistake. You? I no. Well, you know what happened was is I saw a play that I, for whatever reason, I thought it was a designed run. And I posted the video mostly because I wanted to make a Matt Nagy joke. And then I was like, oh, wait, that wasn't a designed run. Like, damn it. Um, whatever. I made a mistake. I deleted it. I apologized. I moved on. But I did love a couple of the throws that Justin made to yes. Tajay Sharp. Yes. Like that. Everybody was talking about the catch. And I'm like, that throw was a dime. Uh, an absolute like, dime. To put that in the position where Tajay could get that. I mean, like it was the other <laughs> shoulder. It was out of the way of where a defender could have gotten it. Like, And that's yeah. the goal of a quarterback is to place this ball. And that's why... I mean, watching Tom Brady all these years, like that's what I kind of marveled over was that he throws the, and I remember Todd Bowles saying this about him actually, that he throws the best incompletions because even with, if it goes incomplete, it's not available for the defender. It is not yeah. something that a, a defender can access. It was placed somewhere that only that receiver is going to be able to get it. And that is like it, to have that power, to have that control uh, and that accuracy um, is yeah, that's I, and then like that's what you love to see out of Justin Fields, especially when everyone talks about, oh, it's his athletic ability that kind of gives him that X factor, yada yada yada. Well, no, he's a really good passer too. Yeah, that is uh, one of the things that's the most incredible about what he does is that a lot of people will be, well, you know, they they try to label him as a running quarterback, and right. I always have to make this distinction to people like, no, 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 he's a pocket passer who also has the ability to run very fast if he needs to it's an it's a weapon that's available to him it's kind of like being a a minivan that can carry eight people but can also do zero to 60 in four seconds like i'm sorry that's just the way it is he's he's built what an analogy man. i'm trying to think of one i you know but i you know i just i don't know they're just always and you know sometimes where the misconceptions come from but you're like no 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 like this guy can throw dimes like it Go back and watch the game against Clemson. Again, if that's the only college football you're ever going to watch, you should have walked out of that game thinking he was the best quarterback in the draft. So it's good to see him get a little bit of, you know, praise from around the league. Not Chris Sims, though, who was like, the throw to Darnell Mooney was underthrown. You're like, yeah, so number one, he doesn't get killed. And number two, it doesn't get intercepted. Something you yeah. couldn't – oh, I'm sorry, that's one of your Bucks guys. I can't. 
I don't mean to. I don't mean to roast Chris Sims. No, that was that was before me. That was pre me. So um, I don't. I don't have any loyalty there. There was no All love right. lost either because some of the stuff that I swear. He, I, yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. As long as it. Yeah. Pre Carmen, and it's fine. I just want to make sure. I don't want to insult any Buccaneers player. Where 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 does Rondé Barber fall? No, I'm kidding. Oh, uh, I got to see I'm, him this week. He's one of my favorites in the entire world. He's a nice person. No, he's the best person, and he's he's absolutely wonderful, and he's hysterical. Uh, he connects with everybody. He's just he's so friendly. He's so visible here in Tampa. Um, I, like he was doing the color commentary, and I just I saw all these people on Twitter for the preseason game just being like put Rondé in the booth every single week like they just everyone loves him here and for good reason he does amazing things for the community too as far as like charity events and all that kind of stuff so he's the, he's honestly one of my favorites and he's very visible at Bucks practice he's there almost I think once a week is what he was telling me he was going um so yeah I got to catch up with him uh this last week which was really awesome because he's he's just one of my favorites and I was there when he went into the ring of honor and there you go. just couldn't be happier for the guy he is him and his like, and I hate to say it, that Tiki is also like he's been very nice to me. I'm not gonna yeah. endorse every decision he's ever made in his life, but he's been very nice sure. and they're they're good people. But I want to go back to what you were saying though about the defense and the encouraging signs and Brisker yeah. looked great and they did well without having mm-hmm. Roquan Smith. And this yep. saga continues to unfold with so many layers. Why don't we pull up a tweet that Ian Rappaport had this week? where he said Bears coach Matt Eberflus said that Roquan Smith, who is still seeking a new contract and is asked to be traded, will travel to Seattle for their preseason game. He won't play. Eberflus described him as engaged. I will say, too, uh, according to reports, he's not been fined yet. I think that was Tom Pelissaro who reported that he has not been fined yet. But still, there is somebody out there making fake phone calls to teams asking like, Hey, do you want to make a trade for Roquan Smith and unauthorized? Um, I I think the Packers are tampering. If the NFL wants to come down on them, look into the Packers. I'm almost positive that they're tampering. What do you make of what is happening with the Roquan situation? I know that we've both been very positive about it. Very like, "Ah, it's going to, it's going to work out. Has your, your feelings changed at all? Honestly, no, just because, um, being in a, the building kind of affords me a really good perspective, like from my years with the Bucks versus just stuff like this in general, because like it's made a big de- and it, like it is a big deal. Don't get me wrong, like this is the Bear, like especially in Chicago, because he's one of the best players on the Bears. He's the crux of that defense in so many ways. But like when you're in the bubble and when you're in the building, it doesn't seem like it's as big of a deal. If that makes sense, like. He's in meetings, he's doing things like they really are able to kind of like separate business from like personal things. Like you saw that with like the way polls like received him and and everything like that, like at practice and all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know, like it's, it's really hard to explain, but like when, yeah, when you're in the building, like you're just kind of in this bubble and you're focused on what that week's, you know, game plan is and, and going into those meetings and the installs and learning the defense and stuff like that. So like, to hear that he's engaged and to hear that he's in the meeting. And we're not just hearing that from Iberflus either. Like we're hearing that from his teammates and that yeah. like, they're like Justin Fields posted it. Cause Roquan Smith was on the NFL's top 100. Um, Justin Fields like posted the graphic and stuff to his story. Like he's clearly still very much involved with his teammates. And so like 
we're making a big to-do about this. Um, but I feel like inside the building, it's actually not as big of a deal. And yeah. he's just kind of trying to work through things and it's, it, it is business related. And, but he, at the same time, he's there for his guys. So like that all kind of encourages me to think that like things are going to work out. The only wild card here, obviously, is that he's not, he doesn't have representation, but he clearly yeah. has someone, which yeah. we knew, right? Like, I think we right. talked about it where I was like, I need to know who's in his ear. Who and I still need to know who this guy is, right? Like who this person is. Um, and I think the reason too that it's coming out, I was talking, or I was um, kind of thinking and talking through this with someone uh, here in Tampa where I was like, they're like, this person clearly isn't part of the club. Cause yeah. like, and he's, it's not like Roquan didn't get permission to be tra- or like to seek a trade. And the bears clearly don't want to give him up because I was talking about it. Like if this was Jimmy Garoppolo yeah, and this was a guy that like was an agent, like they would look the other way. Like there would be like, you know, like even if he didn't have the permission that he does, like, yeah, because the team didn't care if he was going to leave or not. Like, yeah. Leaves are not like, you're going to let this stuff go. But because this guy, whoever's doing the calls and stuff, like he's clearly not in the club. Like he's not part of the, like, he doesn't know the decorum. He doesn't know kind of like how to do things. And he's definitely an outsider. So like in that way, like they're just, they're kind of making an example out of it. And I think it's really funny for the NFL to just come out with the memo and be like, Hey, by the way, this is, But, but at the same time, like, like it, and if he was in the club, he would know that all of this stuff was done in the back room of St. Elmo's in Indianapolis during the combine. So yeah. he clearly doesn't know. Like, doesn't know it. Yeah. Before. Doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. When I got to, uh, you know, in a couple, uh, in a couple of weeks, when I have to start, you know, in a couple of months, I should say, when I have to start representing myself and calling other companies, be like, hey, uh, yeah, they, you know, I got to at least use a fake voice or something. Try to throw people off the sense <laughs> that I'm trying like to be like. A voice distorter. Well, that's right. Like I'm calling on behalf of Adam Rank, and my client is looking. You know, whatever, whatever it is that needs to be done, uh, I will be. I'll try to be a little bit more mindful. And I'm glad that Roquan and his represent representative uh, are doing a pretty good job of uh, of exposing what not to do. Like the, I want to know how he has these numbers. How does he have the numbers to these guys? He's got he's got the NFL black book. This goes out there. Yeah. You know that little thing, like yeah, the little NFL black book. I used to be in yeah. that back in the. I think I still might be listed in there, but who knows? In any event, um, want to let everybody know that if you are enjoying or want to ask some questions, first, real quick, just 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 type in the word "sick" in the comments. Let us know that you're out there and you're watching and enjoying the show, or just watching, enjoying it. It's a it's another different. That's a, that's a different. That's that's two different things. Like we're watching it. I'm not saying that I'm enjoying it. But we're watching it. We're here. We want to. Everybody wants to talk some Bears football. Uh, speak a lot for of yourself, Adam. They're definitely enjoying themselves. I hope so. Now. I hope so. They're they're enjoying Berlissimo in the comments or somebody like that who's probably a little bit more entertaining. But whatever, I'm cool with it. L- listen, you're you're in the house now. I don't care. I don't care who's entertaining you. Whether you're watching <laughs> the TV, whether it's uh, Stephen Accounting who showed up and was sharing some anecdotes, I honestly don't care. But I'm just happy that everybody is here. And by the way, I just want to give everybody a quick reminder. That if you're in the Chicago area, AM 1530 WCKG is the Chicago home of the Sick Podcast. Every Friday, two o'clock Central Time, the Sick Co- the Sick Podcast will be available to you. And immediately after 
3 p.m. Central, the no-name pod with Olin Krutz and Jason McKee, a cover to a Bears coverage like you will not find anywhere else. So we appreciate everybody who's been uh, listening to us while you're bumping around Chicago. Maybe you got to drive from Newark to Oswego. And as you're going to the drive-thru at Portillo's, you're like, oh, God, we could listen to the sick podcast right now. So we appreciate you doing that. But, Carmen, what do you say? Let's get some questions in here. I know that we haven't talked about Tevin Jenkins. I'm sure there will be a Tevin Jenkins question or two. You're the, you're the, you're, you are, you are our offensive line person. So we're excited to uh, talk. We're we're excited to talk about that. So Sam, Sammy, what do we got? You know, what's funny is I was reading a book about the moon and they're like, Oh, this is for one for, for all mankind. My daughter's like, what about womankind? I'm like, God, I love you. That's a good kid. Uh, Will Brisker, will Brisker win defensive Rookie of the year. Yeah, he's already won. We've already decided that he's won it. Although I will tell you this, that uh, the uh, the kid Aiden Hutchinson and his performance on hard knocks, that if he's just like an no. average player, he's going to win. Because people love him now for the Billy Jean I know. thing. For the Billy Jean, I know. But it's it's got but it's got to be realistic that Brisker could be the defensive Roy. It's I, like, it's always interesting because I feel like it's a combination of who was a really high invisible pick versus also like who's on a team that's also very visible and is doing well, which those things are kind of like inversely related, right? Because if they were a yeah. high pick, that means that team wasn't very good. Um, but I do think like between Aiden Hutchinson, I mean, like the first overall pick was Trayvon Walker too. Like yeah. we can't forget that. And if Jacksonville, like, I mean, Jacksonville's threshold for success is so low right now. Right. That, like if they even have like close to a 500 season, I feel like Trayvon Walker is going to be, and like we saw him in that first preseason game too. Like he's, he's going to be very visible in that. Defense. Very active. Yeah. So like, it's going to be hard. Um, but I would think that he gets like some votes and especially like if he does have those gaudy stats, which it seems like he's making plays on the ball. And that's what Ibra Flus's defense is stress is like swarming the ball, being around the ball, making sure you make plays on the ball if he gets those interceptions, if he gets those pass breakups, like those are the very gaudy, again, visible stats that I feel like, you know, that he, that could get him on the map. And again, for high crucial, and this isn't something that's really widely probably going to be able to be known, but like how crucial that safety spot is in this defense, like a lot is going to hinge on how well Jaquan Brisker plays for this Bears defense. But I don't know if, if, that's going to be very apparent uh, on the national level, unfortunately. Well, the good thing about Bears Twitter is that they will not let it go. And if Brisker is playing the level that we saw on Saturday, he is going to be trending every Sunday. And no disrespect to the Lions fans and our friends down in Duval County, who have tremendous fans as well. If Brisker is playing like he played on Saturday, like he will, it'll be, it'll be unstoppable. Like people will be talking about it. Another guy who was very interesting over the weekend was George Pickens. And anybody who listened to the show heading up to the draft, that was one of the players that we talked about an awful lot. And yeah. we had Berlissimo on, we had some other people, and everybody loved George Pickens. And, you know, there's a little bit of a disappointment that we didn't draft him. But if Brisker is as good as he has looked, and we hope that Kyler Gordon is good too, it makes yeah. not drafting Pickens salvageable. Yeah. yeah. For sure. but, if, but if Pickens comes out and dominates, and let's say that Christian Watson's not as good, I can't wait for that to happen. 
Because they'd be like, hey, Green Bay, what did you guys do? You had three chances to pick this guy. You passed on him, but then, you know, Jordan Love's going to be your quarterback soon anyway, so you would just be wasting him. So it's fine. It's fine that you let him go. But Pickens, he was kind of good. Yeah, he was. But, like, I feel like the combination, especially, like, you see Kyler Gordon, who has already kind of settled into that nickel spot in practice. Like, yeah, that is not an easy transition for a young player. And the fact that, like, I think that they were thinking, too, that they were going to need to bring him along a little bit more, keep him on the that outside rotation, and let him get used to the speed of the game. And then all of a sudden, we're like, oh, God, like, this guy's IQ is through the roof. His reflexes, his instincts, everything is there. The awareness is there. And so to have him already be kicked inside also means that he's a physical guy because it takes a lot to hold up yeah. in as that slot corner. Um, I Like, the combination of those two, I just – like, how, I don't know how you're going to be able to argue with that. I, I truly believe that. And I've been such a fan of both of those picks, like, from the very beginning, even though maybe a receiver like George Pickens would have been the more popular option. I think that I think that Bears fans are going to be very happy with those two. And, yeah, not, not, not I think, fair. But, I, like, even if George Pickens is good. Yeah. And he's still, been good. He's good. Remember the first couple of games that Chase Claypool participated in? was really good too and was mm-hmm. outstanding. And then, you know, we see him now. He's kind of like a mid Carter. So who knows? I don't want to get too caught up. At, but, but again, it's, it's a similar situation to Jaquan Brisker in that he played so well in practice that when he went out and played so well in the game, it wasn't a surprise. Everything that we've heard about in practice with George Pickens has been solid, very good. Right. And it's fine. Pittsburgh can have a good yeah. guy. We can be happy with our two guys. Let's just make fun of yeah. the Packers for not drafting him. <laughs> Sammy, do we have another question, though? Do you, oh, my gosh. Yeah, do you think Sanborn has a shot at starting him. at the Sam linebacker? Flues his D, usually moves him in and out quite a bit, so he could get limited starting NFL time. I, he's already moved up to uh, second on the depth chart. Like, I think he was, yep. he was running with the twos, and I have the Bears right, official right. – I have the Bears official – uh depth chart from their from their website which is actually updated because they have jack sanborn right behind nicholas morrow he is an ascending player and it's not every not every pick and every player can just be a stud but it is incredible how many of these guys especially for the fact of not having a first round pick how many of these fifth rounders and undrafted guys have started to make a name for themselves? I think Sam, I don't, I I don't think that's a fluke. I think that there's things about him that are innate in nature and you can't teach and he can't coach. And I just thought he played fantastic. What was your read? Well, and I think that that kind of legitimizes Ryan Poles' evaluation process because you got this guy, you know, who went undrafted and he was a major contributor in the first preseason game. Um, and he's also like been making plays in practice too. Also, also those, that middle linebacker, like there's a rotation there too. Like, don't get me wrong. Like you want, you want guys that will stay on the field, but at the same time, like you need to give them breaks and keep them fresh and all that other stuff. And so not only that, but like you've also seen Sanborn on special teams and that's a way that he can, you know, make himself even more useful. And that's how you stick uh, when you are one of those depth players. Uh, but I mean, like this is a guy too, that comes from a big time college program, went to Wisconsin. Yeah. Like he's not a stranger to like the bright lights and the fact that it wasn't too big for him too, in the first preseason game. 
Um, I think it was nice too, that they got to kind of open up at home. Like he's familiar with the area, all that other stuff. Like um, it was just one of those things where like, I felt like that legitimized Ryan Poles's evaluation process essentially. And like justified, cause like when he was flipping all of those picks too, I was just like, okay, I get that you want more volume, but like, are you prioritizing quantity over quality in that way? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think this is a testament to the fact that no, like, even though obviously like Samuel wasn't the ones, one of the ones that was even drafted, but like, I just, I was, I was very encouraged by that because if you can find those diamonds in the rough, which they are, there are diamonds in the rough to be 100%. had in those later rounds and in the undrafted class, then like maybe we should trust what Ryan Poles is doing a little bit more. Yeah, we should have a little bit more trust. And it's funny because whenever you look at, you know, just watch the Hall of Fame ceremony and a lot of the older players are like, hey, he was an eighth round draft pick. He was a 12th round draft pick. And people are always like, well, how is that possible? Back in the day, they they went 12. I I forget how many rounds they had. It might have even been as many as 15. But and you know this from working with a team is that once you get into the fifth round, you know which players are not going to be drafted. And those deals are already in place. And mm-hmm. so the Bears obviously already had a deal in place to bring him in when they when he was when he signed with the Bears. So these kind of things, these are these are not it's not a it's not an accident that he was no. picked up and he's not, you know, it, and it's just something that Ryan Poles was able to go out to do. And again, if you combine this with some of the late round picks from last year that Ryan Pace was actually good at, you know, you start to see some organizational depth. And that is one of the things that I think is going to be the most important for the Bears is organizational depth that when something happens to somebody and you need to go out there and you need to look around, like, what are we going to do here? Whenever there's a problem spot at a certain area, we've seen at the wide receiver position, you know, Tajay Sharp is not a name that you're like, I can't believe we signed this guy. We're going to the Super Bowl, but he's a very, he's a very good player when your depth chart is taking a little bit of a hit. And we saw that over the weekend. So Mm -hmm. to me, I think that's one of the keys of, of Ryan Poles. And so, you know, I know, I know it goes against the narrative where people are like, tough, tough break for polls. This whole thing with uh, with Roquan Smith shows that he's out of his depth. I'm like, are you not even watching yeah. some of these players who are coming in here? It absolutely drives me crazy. All right, Sammy, what do we got? Uh, Sammy, tell Carmen. <laughs> oh, I will apartment babysit for her for free. Just just to enjoy that Chicago. Yeah, you know what? That's a uh, that's an interesting point too. I was uh, I was thinking about that. I'm like, oh, that poor apartment's been been vacant for two weeks. Nobody's been able to because I, you know, it's not two weeks. It's been a week. Like when when I was on with you guys, three last, weeks. I had just gotten in. I had I no, I had just got it. It's been one week. Um, and if you're okay with leaving my uh, my AC on eco on eco mode, so I can save some money while I'm out of town on my electricity, then yeah, go ahead. You can. Oh yeah, you, you got to open the windows. Yeah, that is yeah, one of the which things. I do have. I do have like my my windows do open. It's a high rise, but my windows do open, which is really nice. Ooh, that is that is a perk. I do. Uh, I have a house out in the desert. As a small little humble brag, um, you have the air conditioning, the highest that you can elect. Like you know, I have it set at ninety. Like when it gets ninety in the house, it turns on. And I've noticed over the last couple of weeks, it's kicked on a couple of nights. Like oh, sick! It's ninety degrees in that house. In any no, event, no. Uh, sorry, Funk. Won't get above eighty of mine. Yeah, we're uh. <laughs> Funk Brinker, thanks for the thanks for the offer, but she's good. 
It's okay. I'm good. Uh, I'm how good. about how about another one, Sammy? Uh, do you think Roquan's issues might be playing Will versus Mike linebacker? He said in his uh, trade with the statement that he wants to be a Bears great like Buckus, Iron Mike, Erlacher. I bet I bet Briggs meta. Well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't Casey, know what that means. Casey, what does that not, mean? Is that a better not knock against Lance Briggs? Let it's not a it's, I think it's it's not a not a not it, Casey's probably not trying to take a shot at Lance Briggs. I think he was saying that Lance Briggs would be upset that you can't be considered a Bears all time great linebacker if unless you play in the you're, inside. Unless you're you always play Mike or yeah, or strong or Sam, Mike or Sam, I suppose. No, yes. but the Will linebacker is something again in this defense that is so important. Like I like, and we don't know if because Roquan hasn't been at practice, he, you could still have the green dot responsibilities as the will. And that's more important than where you're lined up between Mike will and Sam. Like it's, if you're calling the defense or you're the defensive signal caller. And so like, as the will, you're still in that middle level and he could very much still wear the green dot. And I would expect that he would, end up wearing the green dot mm-hmm. um and in that and, and so that's way more important than which position you play between yeah those three. I, I think he wants to get paid like that's one of the things that's where a lot of that's where a lot of like position issues stem yeah. from is uh yeah. you know you want right. to get paid like hey i i just want to get paid and and you know certain type of players get paid more money and it's you know and yeah. it's understandable it's kind of like you know with debo's situation where he was like, I don't want to run the football. And what I think he meant was like, I, I want to get paid extra for running the football. And yeah. we'll see. We'll or see what I want to be getting. Or I want to get paid like a wide receiver seeing these wide receiver contracts. Like, exactly. That That's a whole thing. And then also, I mean, like, there's really no difference either between like in a 4-3 defense between the middle linebacker and like the Will or the Sam, just because you're all considered inside linebackers. So mm. when it comes to like, Pro Bowl voting and like all of that other kind of outside stuff like linebackers are considered linebackers and so it's always the outside linebackers that that have the gaudy sack stats and all that other stuff right. that end up getting into the Pro Bowl which is infuriating for mm-hmm. inside linebackers and it was a fight that I fought for Levante David when I was with the Bucks to get his shine and his due oh, but it's right. hard it's hard like he is one of the best off-ball linebackers in the league but he doesn't have the tangible gaudy stats because that's not his role and you're going up against like outside linebackers and defensive ends and it for that matter and like it so but at the same time like again it doesn't matter where along that middle level you are you're just kind of unfortunately overlooked in a lot of ways period I don't think that that would prevent him from being considered a bear a great linebacker for the Chicago Bears yeah, he's definitely well on his way. And if he signs a second contract, which we're still anticipating that he's going to do, he's going to spend some significant time in Chicago and be well-regarded. Uh, like another number 58 who did eventually move on, uh, Wilbur Marshall. He's going to be he's going to be talked about. As long, as long as he stays with the team and he, even if he does, I mean, we'll still remember him fondly. But, you know, as long as he stays with the team, he'll still be regarded as one of the greats. Uh, one of the great lineages of uh, Bears linebackers, including Bill George, who you didn't you didn't even mention. And I only know that because I'm a stupid history nerd who studies that kind of stuff. I think there's one more guy I'm missing too, but it doesn't matter. We aren't missing your questions, I hope. Sammy, what do we got? 
Is it me or does it appear that Justin was holding the ball too long? I thought he was doing a pretty nice job of getting rid of it. Uh, what did you yeah. think, Carmen? Well, and I think Luke Getzey came out right after the game and actually said that the only play he wasn't happy with was one where Justin didn't get through his reads and actually took off running. Like he, he didn't do his second read or didn't make his second read before he took off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it might have been the opposite problem that he was a little trigger happy from the pocket, which again, you wouldn't blame him just because that offensive line was still so much in flux. And I think that if he was holding the ball too long, I don't think it was so much him holding the ball too long as it was that that offensive line just wasn't holding up. Um, And which again, as they're evaluating these guys and you've got that rotation going. um, I mean, the fact that Tevin Jenkins was just kicked into guard uh, two days ago and like has spent the last days, like you're like, Oh my God, they're still so far away from figuring out who is starting where on this offensive line. So I don't think that it was even Justin Fields holding the ball too long. I think it was that his offensive line wasn't holding up because everything that Luke Getze said uh, would lead me to believe too that like he, he actually would have had Justin go through more of his progressions and would have wanted him to relax a little bit more in the pocket. But it is, I mean, it is one of those things that what they're trying to work on, you know, more so than like who wins the game, who loses things of that nature it is are you making your reads where where was your first look where was your second look where did you go after that what did you see did you notice this part and so again you know Michael Schofield got blown up by an all pro like that's disappointing but also you know what I I think that Ryan Poles was very clear like we're not messing around because Tevin Jenkins who's still listed on the Bears depth chart I'm looking at it right now on the the official team site which I know gets you know it's a little can be a little outdated, but I felt it's like they're doing unofficial. a pretty They're still doing good. Yeah, it's still unofficial. They have Tevin Jenkins as the backup right tackle behind Riley Reef. They're mm-hmm. kicking him inside to right guard, which, again, I know you talked about this before. Like, you don't mind if they're shuffling around, that, but only if, like, that's where they stay. Like, pick a spot. Pick what you're going to do. Pick your major, and yeah. that's what you're going to focus on. And at least, yeah, at least pick the side. Like, yeah. if you want to try him out of guard, that's fine. But then, like, if you're going to try, it's, it has to be between right tackle and right guard now. Like, stop with this whole, like, switching him back and forth just because, like, that's not going to, like, no one is going to be able to show you in a couple of days that they're on, like, unless that's their natural position. And I think that, yeah, it's just, it's so much, we take it for granted that offensive linemen can switch sides because oh, yeah. it's really hard. It's so freaking hard. It's it's Madden. It's the people who play Madden. Like, yeah, I just put him at left tackle. What's the big deal? Like, yeah, okay, that'll work. Uh, also, remember Lucas Patrick hasn't been playing. He's out with a thumb injury, so that also factors into it as well. And that's going to yeah. make a huge difference, a significant difference, when he's available and ready to play. Sammy, what do we got next? Uh, what grade would you give the O line with Jenkins at guard? That's an interesting question. What do you? Oh man, it's tough to give them a high grade. I don't think it's an abysmal yeah. failure, but I think it's I don't know. It's like incomplete, which I guess is a cop out way of saying like I don't want to make it. I don't want to make a call right now. No, but I think you're right though, just because like we you haven't seen there's not enough of a sample size to grade them out like with every single guy taking consistent snaps at one position all across the line. Um, I honestly, like, I think I would prefer Jenkins at right tackle. Like, I don't think people realize as much that the further in you go, 
the more cerebral the game gets for the offensive mm-hmm. line. So like tackles are the, the priority for tackles essentially is they, like they prioritize your brute athletic ability essentially, because you're setting the edge and you're going against like these, these really powerful guys that are bending and twisting, whatever. But on the inside, you're having to deal with all these stunts and all these different guys that are kind of coming in and out on the line, especially like, you know, against certain teams that do it a lot more, but, and then you're also having to learn where your help is more. Cause mm-hmm. not only like with tackles, you've only got one guy on one side, unless you got like an attached tight end and that's a different story, but like consistently guards, you've got to worry about the guy on your right and the guy on your left, no matter what. And you have to figure, you have to know their assignments and you have to know where your help is and where you can go and what you're responsible for. And that also depends, like, you don't know that necessarily in advance either, because that's why you get to the line and hear the center call out the mic point, and that's where you set your protections. So it's, like, it gets just way more cerebral as you go in. And, look, obviously with center, you have to make those calls. You have to make those checks. You have to do all that kind of stuff. It varies with who you have behind you as your quarterback, of course. But, like, I as he's still like developing and we learn what kind of player he is, I think you start him at right tackle because I'm just, and like his, his body type can hold up to that too. And I think that he's athletic enough to, to play that right tackle spot. Um, it's just, yeah, the right guard kind of gives me a little bit more pause to see if he can think and react um, in real time, because that also requires that you just have this baseline of fundamentals that you don't have to think about so that you can react to whatever it is that you're seeing or that your guys are seeing, or whatever it is. So that's, I could go on about offensive line all day, but that's that's my No, no, I appreciate that. Is there any, and forgive me if this is a, if this is a a rudimentary observation, but could putting him at right guard, at least just for practice, like you said, you know, as you get him more inside, it's more cerebral. Does it help his development then to try to, to try to, to think of different things, or are they just, are they harming him by not being like, just worry about this right now, get that squared? What do you think? Well, while I say it gets more cerebral, also like your technique is different. Your pad level is different. Your hands are different. Um, just the way that you have to maneuver your body and the way that you have to set your leverage and all that kind of stuff, that is very different from guard to tackle. Um, so in a way, like, it would be broadening his skill set, and like the more you can do great. But mm-hmm. if you're really trying to develop him and see what you have, I just think that like you would thrive in consistency and yeah. being able to practice things over, like getting the reps over and over and over again at one position because they are drastically different. And that's again another misconception that I'm trying to make sure that people understand like these positions are vastly different from one another. Um, it's not, and it, and I just think that, and this was why I gravitate to offensive line because not only are, is each position so different, but then they are the only unit that has to also then work together. So mm-hmm. you're like a collection of individuals that is only as strong as your weakest link because you all have to work as one. And there, that doesn't exist anywhere else in football. That doesn't exist really anywhere else in sports. So like, it's, it's such a fascinating thing. And that's why I nerd out over it because it's such a contradiction to itself. Um, but I think that you want to figure out where he is best, which I think is the stage that they're in now. Yeah. And then again, keep him there and give him a chance after a, like a, an extended period of time, because that's the only way you're going to able to be able to truly evaluate him. 
And it does look like he's going to get some extensive work at right guard against Seattle on Thursday night. And breaking news the, this evening, Drew Locke has COVID and will not play in the yeah. game versus the Bears. So it'll be interesting Geno to Smith. see what they – Yeah, we're going to see a lot of Geno Smith. I even forget who the third-string guy is, but – you know, we'll see a lot of him. It'll be interesting, though. Again, this comes down. I, I think offensive line is probably the most important or the most looked at position. I think because after after what we saw on Saturday, we're like, okay, these defensive guys can play. We'll we'll figure this out. Like it's it's okay. Mm-hmm. Now it's like let's get this offensive line squared away. Even the receivers, you're like, okay, like I'm comfortable. And unless, and I know somebody tweeted this out before the show where they were like, Hey, you know, like, unless like some like great play, like somebody who's like a, a, like if Tyler Lockett was, was released, which he's not going to be, but like, Hey, you know, like, of course you would bring that player in or somebody like that. But it's like, I think the bears are okay. I think it's going to be okay. I think it's going to be just fine. I don't think any, I think if, uh, if Tajay Sharp works into a role, I was kind of encouraged watching Equinemius St. Brown. So I'm like, okay, this feels good. And like, Daz I, Newsom too. Daz Newsom made yeah. some really good plays. Well, Daz Newsom also made some not so great plays. I know. I know. I think I, he was inconsistent, but there was a, uh, I, I was so excited to see him go out there and, and score the touchdown. That's something that he needed to get some confidence back into him because there were some plays where you're like, damn it, dude. Like everybody is rooting for you. Please start to pull it together. But we did see him get into the end zone with the football even. And so that was a pretty good <laughs> No, I mean I like think a, I think as like a rotational guy, like I'm not saying he's your number two or whatever, but like I 100%. think as a rotational guy, like yeah, if you're not asking him to work that much um as a rotational receiver, you're good. And then and you would think that you would when you get all the other guys back. Yeah. That's all we want. We don't ask you to be a superstar, just be good. That's yeah. when we need you, we need you to step oh. up. That's all. Yeah. All right. Sammy, another question, please. Uh, with Kramer, oh, that was bad. Uh, with a, a significant in- injury and Mustafer being Mustafer, is Cody Whitehair the backup center for this year? Uh, again, I don't even know. I don't think that, no, because they still have Mustafer as the backup. I think Mustafer ends yeah. up still being the backup. For once, sure. Uh, Lucas. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, Cody Whitehair, too, is like your lock. He's been your lock on this yeah. line he's probably been the only lock except for lucas patrick but then obviously you lose him to injury for a little while you don't take cody whitehair away from what he does well to something that he might do okay like yeah. you're not like you're gonna keep him there because he can anchor that line from that guard spot as much as possible and he's only gonna help mustafer or whoever it is that's at center and like mustafer played center last year i mean like i know it was to varying results but like He's got the experience and he's got to be like your bona fide backup center at this point. I mean, it was uh, the Kramer thing. I was like, oh, God. Oh, what is sucks. going on with centers across the league? The Browns lost two of them. Yes. I, I was just, I, you know, I'm like, I've been at Bucks camp and, and seeing how Robert Hainsey is doing after Jensen goes down. It's just like, ugh, you hate to see it, but I think that Mustafer is by far and away like, you're not going to slot Cody Whitehair in when you know that he is so good. Uh, in that guard spot. Yeah, he he plays well at uh, at left guard, and why would we even mess with that? There's no reason to move him around. By the way, no. the Steelers fans already turning on James Daniels, by the way. Just just throwing that out there for everybody. One of my friends texted me today. He's like, who is this guy? I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like, there was, I don't know. Our GM is a, a savant when it comes to offensive linemen, apparently. So, I don't know. Good luck he with all that. He was an offensive lineman. What did I, I? I said that from the beginning. Have I not? Like, oh, if, I don't, been, if you don't trust him, 
You've been right on it the whole time and seeing guys like Braxton Jones come out and play so well, it starts to lend some credence to like, yeah, maybe. And even, you know, I don't know. So we'll see. And if they, and if they, if they find something with, if, if they find something with Tevin Jenkins, remember Kyle Long got moved to guard at one point. Like he was driving, he came out of Oregon as a tackle. He got right. moved to guard and was pretty good. And if, <laughs> if that's, if that's Tevin Jenkins, like if we get a Kyle Long type production out of him, like, okay, that's good. I will certainly take that. Fantastic. That would be amazing. Uh, Sammy, what do we got? Oh, sorry, Burp. You can interrupt immediately. Cut me off. But uh, isn't it easier for someone who has played tackle to move to guard rather than vice versa? Good question. What do you think, Connie? Um, I think like that's, that's the common notion and there are, yes, I, I think in general, just because like you have the athletic ability at like tackle and then you have the cerebral like-ness at guard, but then you also do have more help at guard. So like, that's why you see like a, a guy like Kyle Long who moves like from tackle to the inside because like, especially later in their career, because they essentially can't hold up in like the athletic spot because they like they just can't be left alone necessarily as their bodies start to yeah. deteriorate essentially and then totally. you have that experience to move in and like you have like you have the understanding of how the line works um but like i mean it's it's not easy to switch positions in general but i do think that like yeah like you can move inside because you are going to have more help and it's going this the mental aspect is going to be a little bit harder um but you are going you're not left on an island as much as tackles are or can be because uh, you're going to have help on either side of you. That's, that's the trade-off is like, you have to know where your help is, um, but you also get help. Whereas tackles don't have as much help, which is why you see those guys as m- the most athletic on the line. Essentially you can hide a guy inside who's not as athletic, but maybe has more going on, you know, from the mental side. Awesome. Thanks Bert for the question. Appreciate that. Sammy, what do we got next? Uh, Thursday night debut of Valus Jones Jr. Number 12 will be the rookie of the year. You know what? I love this kind of talk. I am very excited about it. Happy that he's been back out of camp or at practice this week. Everybody knows that I'm a huge fan of Valus Jones Jr. and hope that he's going to be able to come in and provide some spark to the offense. Now, I called him to his face, the rookie of the year. But at the same time, you know, if he comes in, and contributes by being a a YouTube type player who who just makes big splash plays. I think that's good because we have guys like David Montgomery, we've got Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet. We need somebody who can come in there, keep defenses honest, and make those splash plays. I think Valus can do it. Carmen, what's your read on Valus Jones Jr.? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what he can do uh, in some game action. And I hope, like, you know, I don't want to rush him into anything and all that kind of stuff. So, like. It'll be, I don't know, going rookie of the year necessarily, just because like he, if he was brought in to be like the number one receiver, then I think that you have a chance. But again, like those rookie of the year awards are, you know, the, the gaudier the stats and the more visible you are is rewarded. That's what those are yeah. essentially all about. Um, so like, I can't go that far necessarily just because I don't know that he'll get the play on a national level enough to be considered. And then plus, you know, you're going against like some of like, like a George Pickens or, or whoever, like, um, but I, I'm very excited to see how he can complement this receiving room and, and what he can do for, you know, he's got the, like the yards after catchability and all that kind of stuff. So like, I want to see what they can scheme up 
for him and how they can yeah. include him. Yeah, that's the toughest thing is because everybody's ready to give it to George Pickens. Uh, Jameson Williams will be somebody that they're like, oh, like they're looking out for him. People did not regard Bayless Jones Jr. highly when he came out of college. So he would have to have like one of the greatest rookie seasons of all time to even be in consideration for rookie of the year. And it's just the way that goes, the way it goes when you're a third round draft pick and people want to talk stuff about you because of your age or whatever. That's fine. If he comes out and performs That's well, Chica Chicago will love him. And that's all we really need to be worried about right now is for Chicago to love him. All right. What do we got, Sammy? By the way, if you haven't done so already, you make sure you comment sick. If you're, if you're enjoying the show now that we've gotten rolling and you're now enjoying it. Uh, how do you feel about our D line? You know, I saw them some, uh, you know, rock Mahomes more than once. They, I mean, obviously the chiefs drove down and they scored and you know, that's fine. I thought that there were some players. Like, I thought that Tonga played very well. Again, yep. I think um, – I thought they played – again, it's not a lot of household names, but I thought overall they were pretty solid. Yeah, I did too. And, I mean, like I talked about it even before the preseason game where I thought this D-line could be even a bright spot for this for the Bears team in general, you know, the defense especially, obviously. But um, I like – I also – we saw some good things out of Dominique Robinson at the defensive end spot. So oh, yeah. I like, you know, both on that and special teams. So he's been someone that like the coaching staff has called intriguing. And then he goes, and, I think he got a sack um, in that game. And it's like, now you see why they were so intrigued. And I think that they were maybe even downplaying how much they liked him because there's no incentive in the preseason to like put everyone on notice that we like this rookie that came out of nowhere. Um, and so I think that like, maybe he might be the bears best kept secret, especially on the team. That is, uh, again, not to hype up every draft pick that we made is like, this guy's an instant all pro. But it is shocking how many of these guys went in and played well. And we would see this, you know, over the last couple of years, we would always talk ourselves into certain players. And I remember there was a couple of guys every year. There was a, a kid who was from Redlands who went to UCLA, and I cannot think of his name right now. But in any of it, like talking him up, and then he never – or Kylie Pitts – and never, never seeing it translate, even though you were super excited about it. This was the exact opposite about mm -hmm. like, my God, like they, these guys are just stepping up and they're making plays. And it's not, you know, me wishing for this to happen, but we're actually seeing guys making great plays. So that's a, it's a nice change of pace from what we've seen over the last number of years. Even though, again, like Ryan Pace did a nice job uh, with some of his later round picks. Sammy, mm -hmm. what do we got? Uh, with Abner popping off in that game, can we expect to see a full running back by committee this season? What do you think, Carmen? Yeah, I mean, I think I, we talked about this before, too, where I think that that's kind of where the league is going and that a lot of teams have seen success in this, like, running back by committee type of approach just because, you know, the tread wears down on these guys so quickly because they're taking hits and doing all the – and they're expected to do so many things, like – the more like the really successful every down backs, right? They're the ones that can run between the tackles, bounce outside and catch passes. And like, you've got that in David Montgomery, but like, you also don't want to put the entire load on him. And now you've got Khalil Herbert and yes, Tristan Ebner, like he had a fantastic game. And so now like you can pick and choose when you play these guys, even Ebner can even be like, I mean, he looks really good catching passes yeah. too. So like he can be that third down guy, that third down back. I don't, 
I'm, I'm trying to remember like if I saw or if I noticed, you know, his kind of pass protection and blitz pickup abilities, because that's the big deal with especially that third down, you know, back as well. Is like it gets you on the field, yeah. But you also need to be able to aid in the protection of that quarterback, um, which is something that's hard for younger, like younger running backs. Like that's probably the biggest transition for these guys when they get into the league from college because they're not asked to do it a whole lot in college. Um, yeah. So I think that if he is solid in that aspect of the game, which I'll watch a little bit more, you know, as, as the preseason wears on. But yeah, I mean, like, especially when you know that you have all these versatile guys in one running back room and like the running game is what sets up the rest of your offense in so many ways, like you're going to need to like pound that rock, you know, to use the football term over and over and over again and to keep these guys fresh as much as possible. So I would, I would absolutely deploy a running back by committee at this point. Yeah. And I think that he, you know, moved himself past Darrington Evans and players like that. And, sure. and again, I think that there's going to be an opportunity and I will give you like a quick or everybody out there, a quick way to look at fantasy football when there will be a running back who breaks out this season. I'm not saying that it's going to be Ebner because I wouldn't expect it with David Montgomery leading the way. Mm-hmm. But when you're looking at guys like Brees Hall and players like that, and you're trying to figure out like what, who's the rookie running back this season who breaks out, it is the pass protection that if you're, if you can pass protect and you can catch the football, you're going to play on third downs, which means that they don't need to bring in Michael Carter as much or anything like that. So that is a huge key in development. It'll be a, a, a very big key for Ebner as well. If they can use him, you know, I, I guess the, the easiest, the easiest comparison, you know, people will draw will be like somebody like Tariq Cohen or something like that. But I think every player's different. So, but again, pass protection, huge for rookies to get on the field. And if they can master that, then they can get onto the field. Now, Carmen, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to leave here in a second, mostly because uh, I gotta I gotta go to Sportsnet. I gotta go. Now, Sammy, of course, is Canadian. To get the <laughs> I gotta go. You gotta go catch a flight. I got to go be on Sportnet. So if you are in Canada, uh, make sure to tune in this evening. Uh, by the way, I'm pulling back the curtain to say that these segments are pre-taped. If they're pushing them as live, uh, Sportsnet's lying to you. But in any event, yeah. uh, Carmen, how can we follow you on the social media channels? Uh, Twitter and Instagram is Carmen. Look at it. Look there it is. There. Oh, Sammy, you're just a pal. Uh, yeah, they're on Twitter and Instagram, and then all of my stuff comes out on the Draft Network as far as my articles and things like that. So I also now host a daily podcast called TDN Daily, and it is available wherever you get your podcast. So please like, rate, and subscribe because it would do me a real big solid if you did that. Yes, please do that. And unfortunately, um, or fortunately, wait, what is this saying? Chubb, I'm not a big fan of the media, but I like Adam, and it's hard to hate Carmen. <laughs> Oh, it's Thank hard you. <laughs> it's hard to hate. Hard to hate, Carmen. He's hate. trying. Chubbs is trying, but he's like, I can't do it. I'm trying so desperately I to should, not like I you. Add that to my Twitter bio. Hard to hate. Hard to, hard to hate. Hard to hate. But uh, but in any event, thank you so much for uh, for being here for once again for uh, for for a great show. I thought uh, I love your insights on the offensive line. It's the biggest key for this team moving forward. So we appreciate all of that. Want to let everybody know that we will be back with a podcast on Thursday. It'll drop at some point on Thursday evening. And of course the show WCKG AM 1530 in Chicago. We'll be on there Friday at 2 PM central. And again, if you're in Canada, look for me tonight on Sportsnet. and uh, until Thursday bear down. Thanks Carmen. Thanks. 
And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.